Welcome to the Pursuing Perspective podcast in connection with The Warrior Project and sponsored in part by the Medjukos Health Institute. This podcast brings together people who actively pursue healing and growth on their journey and want to help others do the same. It is not just another bank of ideas from experts in their field, but is also a place that includes paths for practical application to shift both beliefs and behaviors for the purpose of progression. It's about knowing where you're at and how to get to where you want to be. Hello friends, I am your host Chantel Thaxton-Blake. Thank you for being here. You can find notes and references for this podcast at pursuingperspective.org slash podcast. This podcast is released weekly every Monday. This is episode two, Principles of Physical Recovery and the Parallel to Emotional and Mental Healing. We are diving into the first part of the RISE theme today. We begin with R, which stands for recovery. The word recover, from its Latin and French origins, means to come back, return, regain health, get again. If we are going back to something, it insinuates that we are not in that place now, which means that a journey is going to be involved. This is a process, not a destination. The term recovery is used to represent this process. After surgery, for example, a patient is taken to recovery before they are moved to their room. They are not yet cured, but on the path to that. We also use this term in recovery to those healing from addiction. Several in the fields of psychology and addiction recovery give the caution that recovery is unique to the individual and will likely involve relapses, but that that does not discount that the person is still on a road to recovery. Again, it is a journey and not always a linear one. Healing is how we recover. My personal journey of healing, primarily focused on healing emotionally and energetically, has striking similarities to the physical healing journey of my mother, like uncanny resemblances. This sparked an initial flame of interest in focusing on these similarities that built to a full fire of excitement as I realized the powerful connections and how understanding the journey of physical healing could actually inform and aid our emotional, mental, and spiritual healing. This is why I wanted to interview Dr. William Blake to give us a clear and correct understanding of how the body heals. In many conversations with him over the past couple of years, it has just solidified for me the reality of this connection between the physical and emotional and mental healing. I'm so excited to have him join us today and share this information. Dr. William Blake is a retired physician and former CEO of a national medical practice management company. He founded the Medjukos Health Institute with the purpose of helping as many as he can to achieve health in all aspects of their lives through behavior change. He is the creator of the Making Healthy Habits a Habit course that guides people through this health transformation process. Welcome, Dr. Blake, and thank you for being here today. Well, thank you, Chantel, for inviting me. I'm very honored to be part of this podcast. I have firmly believe that this is, is quite a great work that you're doing, and it is quite amazing to me, as we have talked, to see the similarities in the healing process that someone goes through from a physical standpoint and those that they go through from an emotional or mental standpoint as well. Yeah, and so that's why I really wanted to have you here is to help us draw that connection. I think if we can really understand it on a physical level, which is where it first connects for us, we can understand that mentally, and that gives us more of a concrete way to apply this when sometimes it can seem more 
you know, subjective from that emotional and mental end, but this gives us these clear steps that we can take. So I started by actually giving a basic general definition of recovery. So why don't you tell us from your experience and expertise, what is recovery from a physical standpoint? Well, you mentioned surgery and how people go through through to a recovery room after surgery and how they're in recovery. And as a surgeon, after someone's been injured, what I look for as the measure of someone being recovered is, can they do the same things after that they could do before the injury? Sometimes we get lucky and they can do even more afterwards, but, but that's kind of the measure, the expectation that as a surgeon I would have for my patients is, is getting them whole again. Now there's a, in order for them to be recovered, that obviously suggests that there was some type of wound or injury. And it all starts with some trauma. Now a trauma can, or sometimes it won't, but it can cause an injury. And that's not necessarily the same definition. You know, there's a difference between an injury and trauma. I mean, you, you get injured from a trauma, but you don't have to have injury in a trauma. And that injury that causes a wound, that's what we have to heal from, is that wound. Not from the injury itself or from the trauma, but we heal from the wound. And once we have that wound, the body has been created in a way that it will go through the healing process. It's initiated immediately. It's quite an amazing process. We understand some of how it works. We don't understand everything about it, but you're right, it is a little bit easier to think of healing in terms of something physical than it is something emotional. And that healing process is what takes us to a place that we call recovered. So when you first talked to me about these um, sequence of events and you introduced the idea that a trauma doesn't necessarily result in an injury, I have to admit I was a little bit resistant to that because I have such a connection that a trauma equals injury. And so I want you to explain how you can actually go through a trauma without getting wounded or getting an injury. Well, so think about it from the standpoint of like a car accident. Everyone should would agree that a car accident is a trauma. Now, whether you get injured in that car accident depends on a lot of factors. And if you're wearing your seatbelt, if you have an airbag, those are things that can prevent you from having an injury, even potentially in a major traumatic car accident. And there doesn't have to be any wound that you have to heal from physically from that car accident. A simple example of an emotional parallel to that would be uh, getting called a name by somebody. Now, in grade school, I was an easy target for bullies because I was a nerd and, and quite small and getting called shrimp or shorty, then it was traumatic and it left a wound in me. But if you call me those things now, it doesn't leave a wound. And that wouldn't be the case if I hadn't healed from those wounds and if I hadn't done the things to prevent myself from being injured by those exact same words in the future. So there's, there's a, a, a difference in being wounded and going through a trauma. And that's important for people to understand. Yeah, I think that was powerful. And we're going to build on that later in this a little bit and something that we may revisit in another episode. 
um, of how when we get into the later um, part of rise, when we talk about strength and after recovery, that that introspection and strengthen that comes next is what helps set us up so that we don't get injured by those similar traumas in the future. And that's going to be a powerful way to draw that connection as we go through this. So let's talk about, so let's say we do have a wound from this injury. So how does the physical body recover from a wound? Well, there's an initial response to injury that the body goes through. And that initial response of the body, I mean, the first thing is typically we feel some type of pain, um, which is in most respects a really negative word. People don't like to think of pain, but, but pain is actually a good thing in that because it tells the body that something's wrong. And so we, we may be uh, injured and we feel pain. That tells our body to go into the fight or flight response to be able to get us into a place to where we're safe so that we can actually do some healing. So that's the first response that the body goes through. Uh, once we have a wound, then the body will go into its natural healing process. I mean, it, the, the physical body's response to that is to initiate that healing response. And there's a couple of different stages that we go through in the, in the physical healing response. The first being what we call hemostasis, which is just to stop the bleeding. The body will send clotting factors and other things there to the area to stop bleeding. Sometimes it's necessary for external sources to be able to help stop the bleeding. And if you cut a major artery or something, just the body's ability to send those clotting factors isn't going to be enough. So we give it some assistance. And so, uh, you know, we may put a tourniquet on it or put. Or you're often told to apply pressure. That's to stop the bleeding because we're here to prevent death. We're, the body's been programmed for survival for all these years. And that's how we start that process of healing. So I want to go back because when we're talking about a little bit about, you know, this starting to that you're you've got to that fight or flight response that helps you get out of the situation so that you're not continually getting injured and then go into that bleeding piece. You know that that's you're stopping the initial trauma or the initial injury. Um, I think this is critical. And, and I just wanted to take a minute because this was kind of a light bulb moment for me, um, I think. And I want to be careful about how I draw this parallel, but I think it's important for us to be mindful of this. When you explain this to me, that step one is stopping the situation that, that can keep causing the injury to continue. Um, and I think that's critical, that we have to look at even from an emotional and mental end. If we're in situations that continue to cause injury and keep hurting, that healing is so much more difficult, if not even impossible, um, that we just have to be aware of that um, and look at our situations and see if we're in a place where healing is still possible. So as you talk about these processes, which this helped make so many more connections for me as well, I just want all of us to keep that in mind, that as you said, you know, that first thing is to stop the bleeding, um, which is going to be pretty difficult to do if, if the injury is continually happening. And so I think that's important to just step one, take a minute and recognize that whatever healing we're talking about, that we have to be aware that we have to get away from the source of injury. Sometimes it's just critical for our overall healing. Well, and if you think about it in terms of a physical injury, that you can imagine that being like a first aid response. Mm -hmm. So the first responders, if you can imagine, you know, a soldier in the battlefield getting injured, 
you know, the healing process doesn't happen on the battlefield. Uh, the medic will arrive and perform some life-saving first aid, um, you know, services, uh, usually some type of wound that's going to require, um, you know, pressure to stop the bleeding that has to happen to be able to get them to the place, the hospital, or that even if that's just a tent out in the field that is going to be able to start the healing process. So that's, that's, that is a really important thing to know that the, that the healing process doesn't happen when you're still in the battlefield. Yeah, perfect. I, I wanted to make that connection clear. I think that was one that was, um, it's, that makes sense in a physical injury, but I think for a lot of us, we battle with an understanding of that and decision that um, we almost kind of take on glorifying the martyr. You know, if I just continue in this and just keep pushing through and just head down, moving forward. Um, and, you know, for some, that may be the decision. Everyone's is so personal, but I think that was a light bulb moment for me um, on my own journey to recognize that there is a point where if I want full healing to happen, then I may have to look at my circumstances because they may need some adjustment or change or boundaries or something that ensures that I'm not going to keep getting re-injured um, so that I can then move forward in that in that recovery and healing process and to recognize that I don't want to move into another situation that would cause injury or that I'm not healed enough to move into so that then I'm bleeding all over someone else who hasn't even been involved in my original injury. So that's, that was just critical for me as we step into, you know, these steps of the healing process. And it just reminded me of that when you talked about stopping the bleeding, that that's going to be part of us. We've got to stop that bleeding, but also recognize um, doing that in a space that's safe and make sure that we're not getting re-injured. So talk about, again, those that remind us again of that hemostasis and then those next steps in that healing process. Okay, so once we've... Uh, once we've got that first aid that got us to allow to the, the, to the place to where we can heal, like I said, hemostasis or stopping the bleeding um, on, a, on a more healing basis starts and the body will, will, will do that. The next stage is uh, what we commonly refer to as the inflammatory phase. And when people think of inflammation, typically they think of some negative thing because it's painful and it's uncomfortable and it's you know, it may cause some swelling and that's why we all take anti-inflammatory medication to, to get rid of the inflammatory inflammation uh, that we that we have but the reality is is that the inflammatory phase is the start of the healing process that's where the body takes all of these it opens up the blood vessels and it gets all of these vital proteins and vital cells to the area to be able to to create tissue and to heal tissue and take away the bad and yeah it's a painful process sometimes you know the inflammatory process sometimes can be the most painful part of recovering from a surgery but it's vital because it's the most critical part to get everything to the area that we need to be able to heal and that was you were the one that started to shift my perception of pain um when you talked about um, you have you have this line that interestingly enough my my mother had in her work. So what did what did you tell all your patients? Well, one of the things that uh, was common after surgery is, is patients would quite often ask for pain medication, and and I was very reluctant to prescribe much pain medication for a number of reasons. But uh, the way that I would explain it to patients is that pain is actually your friend, 
And the reason why it's your friend is because it's a sign that something's wrong. And in the case of healing a wound, the most common reason for increased pain would be that you're getting an infection. And if I gave them pain medication, a lot of, or excessive pain medication, then their ability to judge if they're getting an infection was typically reduced. And so it's kind of changing that relationship with pain and understanding kind of the purpose of pain. But pain's during the inflammatory process, it also helps us to kind of protect the area while it heals. So you're not going to use it as much if it's red hot and swollen. And that's good so that the healing can take place. Yeah, and just what you said, it's just really interesting that this was very similar to what my mother said. As I mentioned in episode one, I shared a little bit about the introduction that she gave when she came and spoke to um, my class in junior high on um, stress management. And, and this is one of the things that she shared in her summary. And again, we're gonna be going into all of this later during the introspection section. But she said, listen to your body. When you experience pain, it's trying to tell you something. Pain is your friend. Though it is a much bigger part of my life than I would have liked, it has taught me a great deal and introduced me to magnificent people. I've gone places inside myself, and I've made discoveries and learned things that I would never have known otherwise. If you respond to those messages quickly and wisely, chances are good you can solve whatever problems are beginning. And I just love that. That's similar to what you said, that I think so often because healing is uncomfortable or pain, pain, we just have such a negative association with that we try to distract, avoid, numb it, when, as you said, it's our friend. My mother said that too, and you both said, it's trying to tell you something. Um, another mentor of mine, um, my Pilates instructor, she says, you know, pain is a request for change. It's another way to think about it, that it's something that's telling us to look at this, we need to do something here. Yeah, pain is not a diagnosis. It's a symptom of something that's going on in your body, and whether that be at the initial injury or through the healing process. And when you do parallel that to emotional healing, I think that quite often a lot of the reason why people will avoid the healing process is that they don't want to go through that pain. And they confuse the, the term with being healed and being pain-free. Mm-hmm. And that's just really not the case because we do have to go through some pain to be able to get us into that healing process adequately. It's, it's, it's part of the process and it's very protective. I just want you to say that part again about um, confusing between healing and pain-free because that is important for all of us to hear like one more time, if you remember how you said that. <laughs> well, so, you know, when we're, when we're healed, we have this uh, expectation that it's not going to be painful. And that's true from a recovered standpoint. You know, when we're recovered, the pain should be gone. And that really is a good measure if, if we are healed or if we are recovered is that we've, we, we no longer have that pain. But there are points throughout the process that are going to be painful. And avoiding those points of pain are really what takes a a simple wound sometimes and makes it into a chronic wound because we just avoid it and it makes it much more difficult to heal in the future. Perfect. Okay. So first two steps you've given us, hemostasis, inflammation, and within that recognizing that that uncomfortable pain is critical and, a, and an important step in the healing process. So what's next? 
So the third step is what we typically will call proliferation phase. Uh, and by proliferation, it's really uh, a lot of growth of tissue that is, you know, everything that the body needs to be able to make it whole is kind of thrown down just in a very haphazard way. It's not concerned about how it looks, how it functions. It just, it's trying to heal the wound in a way so that it can get sealed off to be able to prevent us from having infection, to prevent us from being subject to further injury in the, while we're in the process. But it's, it's really a, gr a phase of, of growth in a phase of disorganized, but it, all the things that we need for the body to heal are kind of given to us at this point. And I know we, we talked earlier about how the, there are some, some very good correlations to in the emotional healing phase. I mean, this is the phase from an emotional healing phase of where, we, where we're doing a lot of things. You know, we're reading books, we're seeing counselors, we're talking with friends who, who love and appreciate us. We're getting resources and tools and, and things that we wouldn't be doing in a recovered state, but it's all being thrown in there at that time. And later in the next phase of the healing process is where we start kind of making sense of things. So that was really profound for me when you, because that's what I've, has been my experience from even an emotional and uh, mental and what's interesting is until the pain got really loud I didn't have a concentrated focus on my healing and I think you know sometimes it's like my mother said in that you know if we'll respond quickly to that initial pain then then we can we can sometimes avoid what some will call um, you know unnecessary pain that um, another one of my mentors Dale Holloway talks about you know there's that initial pain and then there's unnecessary pain that comes from if we don't pay attention to the first one very well and take care of that which you talk about how that can become chronic right and and I think that's critical to recognize that if we think that if we just ignore it and that it's gone away that's not the case um, but I love that idea that you know that that if we're focused on that and respond to that when we start to bring in ways to you know during that um, proliferation stage where things are kind of we're pulling in that those resources to heal and hopefully that we can do that from that initial um, kind of that initial trigger of pain and recognition of that without having to have it get really really loud um, for us to pay attention and give it the attention that it needs yeah absolutely and you know it's it's not uncommon you'll hear people will say you know well uh, as, as a doctor where um, for example a, a wife would bring in a husband and uh, sometimes she wouldn't even bring in the husband to, to the office and she'd be, I wish my husband would come in and see you, but you know, it's just like, it's nagging, but it's not painful enough for him to come see you for stop. And, and so often we avoid even finding out about the healing process and understanding what needs to happen just because we want to avoid something that may be uncomfortable. So that's the, that's the, the third phase, the proliferation phase. And the fourth, it leads to the fourth one, uh, which we call the remodeling phase. Some people will even call it the maturation phase, which is interesting that they use that term if you, when you compare it to emotional healing. But during the remodeling phase, all that stuff that's been laid down in a very haphazard way, all of the collagen is not lined up very well. It, it doesn't, um, it's not recovered because it's not the way that it was be, before. But we go through this remodeling phase, which will late which things start looking more normal and this can take a long time 
but it is typically less painful. There's less swelling along this way. I mean, this is the, we, we kind of get back to our normal life of, of doing things. Uh, it's an important part because this is the maturation phase. This is where that haphazard tissue becomes whole again. And it doesn't mean we have to go and throw a bunch of stuff at it. It means we have to kind of make sense of the things that happened during that proliferation phase or that growth phase. And say, okay, what am I going to keep in my life that's going to make me whole again and potentially even better than I was before? Yeah, I love that because that also, it kind of connected some dots for me because I know initially um, when when my um, wound, I guess, was at its worst and, and I was very concentrated on working on my healing, it kind of was all-consuming and I was seeking help continuously and from lots of different places and that wasn't necessarily sustainable but what was great is that it didn't need to be that once I kind of moved out of um, what you call the proliferation stage um, then I did start to make sense of things and as the healing continued then there were certain things that brought in and stayed in my life and things that were more from a maintenance end um, but that was really powerful. I love that idea of the organization you know we talk about the brain's wired to do three things it's 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 designed to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and be efficient, or actually make sense of things within that efficiency. And we're going to get into that when we talk about, you know, the mental healing a little bit later. But it is important to know that our that it's very common for our thoughts to kind of sabotage our healing journey. That a lot of times, because it's designed to not do that, and it wants to make sense of things um, very quickly. And sometimes it's it's going back to certain habits and beliefs that we have at that time that may not be helpful in our overall healing. So we really have to be open to changing thought patterns in this process and all of that. And that's going to be important as well on that journey. And that's why we're going to visit that a little bit later on. But I love that idea that our mind is designed to, to reorganize and make sense of things. And so is our body. Well, and that's what you said there uh, is part of the reason why we typically will avoid healing. Mm -hmm. is because we want to avoid pain and, mm -hmm. and our bodies are programmed to avoid pain and seek pleasure and that's why it's so important to know stuff like this because you, if you understand that the pain has a purpose and you understand that the process of healing can be painful and that we at some point are going to be so much worse off if we don't go through that healing right now and there's so much of a difference in the comparison of healing a chronic wound and inhaling some fresh wound it's just so much more difficult and so we 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 want to be able to do that now we want to be able to release these signals and if we understand that then we can say okay i'm willing to accept this pain or this uncomfortable phase of healing process to be able to get to being recovered yes perfect so you, from your standpoint, and you're, you've talked a few about a few of the things that you've done when, um, you know, when you're after surgery, and and just really, I want to understand your involvement. You know, what does a doctor do to help the body, you know, physically heal? Well, uh, the first thing that people need to understand is that a doctor doesn't heal anyone, and uh, that's something else that I would commonly talk to my patients with around the surgical their surgical episodes is uh, they a lot of them would come in so grateful and thankful and they would say oh thank you doctor so much and and there was so many times when uh, I would remember the words of one of my mentors in uh, 
he was the um, he, he taught me so many great things but his words to this day still ring, ring true and what he said to me was um, he, and he was a very very prolific surgeon he was very well known he was the president of the Chicago Medical Society and he was just one of the most humble guys that I ever know and and for some for a doctor for especially for a surgeon who typically has egos this guy was so humble when it came to uh, his idea of healing and he said uh, he said to me he said he says I don't heal I only cut and sew it's God who heals us and understanding that is so important from a physical standpoint for physicians because we know that we can't heal we just provide the right environment for someone to heal our divine source of however you believe that we were created however that was it's that way that we were created that gives us the ability to heal and we should be thankful for that we should be so so you know thankful that that that's the way that our body heals uh, all we do as physicians is is provide the optimal healing environment and so if a wound is dirty we clean it out if there's the likelihood of infection or potential for infection we do things that will help prevent infection which may include some antibiotics sometimes it does require some rather you know invasive treatment you know there could be parts that are that are necrotic or as we would say dead you know if there's dead tissue sometimes that has to be cut out sometimes for someone to heal we'd even have to cut off a limb to allow them to live and survive so there's many things that we would do as physicians there's there's things that individuals can do to be able to provide the right healing environment but i think that it's important to understand that that healing in the we don't do things to speed it up we do things there's many things we can do to slow it down now like i said from a personal standpoint there's things that individuals can do you know quite often we'd we'd you know someone going through the healing process we'd very very much emphasize their nutrition because if they don't have the right the right proteins and cells in their body to be able to do go through that healing process then then they're they're not providing the right healing environment you know that also includes rest you know quite often you know one of my treatment things that i'd say is you know the first thing for an injury is if you are familiar with with um, like a simple ankle sprain or something like that they'll say rice which is rest ice elevation or compression elevation um, rest is the first part of that we've got to be able to rest that and that's one of the things that i that brought me to this you know on this journey of um, recovery and I think we have, we can have some guilt around resting and taking that time. And it makes sense to me, the more that you have talked through this, that if our body is going to be able to do what it was designed to do, we can't be pulling it away by doing all these other things. That rest kind of allows all of its focus to go on this healing, um, to really focus on the healing of that, that wound. Does that seem right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I would treat a lot of runners. I'm a runner myself, and uh, so I, I loved treating a lot of my running patients, and and uh, they were some of the most difficult to understand this concept when they would be injured, and after an injury or recovering from a, from a surgery, that oh I just can't go out and run again, 
like no you've, you've got to be able to take some time to rest some time to allow the healing process mm-hmm. uh, because like I said before the body's programmed to do what it it will and one of the ways that we slow that down is by doing too much during that process and so it requires a lot of patience mm-hmm. and I think that might be one of the things that that we learn in the healing process is the is is the patience part of it so that we can get ourselves to that place where we want to be so you mentioned this and i want you to expand upon it a little bit um of what you mentioned something about if we both talked about you know if you don't pay attention to that pain the first time sometimes you said um the wound can become chronic so just Talk about that a little bit and what would actually stop a wound from healing. Kind of just build on both of those, please. Well, not to get too complicated here, but the healing process is a little bit different when a wound does become chronic. It is much, much more difficult to treat a wound that is chronic. Uh, The right factors are not there like they used to be. And so we typically have to be more aggressive and much more patient because it's a much longer process when a wound. So ideally that's the first thing we do is we want to try to get something to a place to where the, you know, treat the wound and and let it go through the healing process before it becomes chronic. Um, But for something that does become chronic, the way that it does typically, uh, you know, the complications that we see to wound healing you know, if the wound environment is not just right, the healing sl- process will slow down or it sometimes not even happen at all. Or it can potentially even become worse, even leading to a potential life-threatening infection. And sometimes very, very simple wounds can have these complications that can even lead to the death of someone which is so tragic to see that something that could have been healed if taken care of properly initially would potentially even cause the death of someone. Um, so there are, are a lot of things that will slow healing down or cause complications, and, and most of them rely around you know, some type of re-injury to the wound or infection. You know, those are the two things, you know, t- that we protect from uh, so that it, the healing process can take place itself. And I think that's important to revisit that then we have to be mindful, even from an emotional and mental end, what are we doing in our life that might delay our healing or, um, you know, create, I, I, I know we don't get infection per se in that way, but you said that that comes from like when the wound is open, which is why it's so important that we're closing that and taking care of that. And I think, you know, to, to not address that and take care of that in a way, um, that will, um, we can just kind of keep exposing ourselves to, to re-injury, why it's so important that we pay attention to that initially. And I, and I do want to mention, cause there may be people listening that have a chronic illness and, and my mother did. Um, my mother was not without pain ever. And, and I mentioned in the first one, you know, that recovery, which you say, and it's, and it's brilliant and perfect that yes, like one of our markers for recovery is that then that pain is gone. Um, but for some, depending on, and I, that, that pain can continually be there. And I think that can, is more common in a physical sense. I think that healing from an emotional and mental sense, we, we are more likely to be able to get to a place where that pain is no longer there. Um, but I think we just want to recognize and acknowledge people who deal with a chronic illness that 
I said this in the first episode, that even though my mother died with chronic pancreatitis in her body, there is no denying that she had achieved a level of healing um, because she still went through those stages. She, she, you know, she took in the information, she reorganized it, she applied it to her life, she worked on that introspection and strengthening with what was her new normal. That I just want to put that out there, that um, healing can, can work in, you know, in this space where maybe the pain isn't totally gone. And sometimes we can't totally get out of a situation where we're getting re-injured. And I want to make sure that it's clear that hope is always there, that there is a way that even within that, we can move through these stages that you have set out, that if we pay attention and we do the best that we can through self-care, which is why we're gonna talk about that later on during the strengthened section, that we can get to a level of healing, even if we're not pain-free and even if you know, disease or something is still within our body, that there's a level of healing that can still be attained. It may just look different than it does for others, but it's still possible. Yeah, and that's where, you know, probably for another episode or another conversation um, should be had about, you know, our relationship with pain. And, and I know that from your mother's work, you've, you've shared some of that with me. And, and in that, she mentioned how she kind of changed her perception of pain. And uh, for my friends that are pain specialists in the field of medicine, you know, they understand that the best. And, and there are some things that can be done to actually, you know, pain is just a sensation. And while that doesn't give comfort to people who are in chronic pain situations, uh, you're, you're absolutely right in that um, it, just because we have pain doesn't mean we are, uh, that there's something necessarily wrong with us at at that point after we've had an injury uh, it is one of the complications to a wound after sometimes you know sometimes people will do surgery on people and they will have chronic pain and we just don't understand it there's no way for us to understand it but those that had who retained hope those that had something to be able to look forward to something that they could they could do to be able to to work on it and to be able like those are the ones who who could live with with chronic painful conditions and still um, and still in a sense have joy yeah that was definitely and that's why I want to talk about you know the mental and emotional aspects and how this is connected because and that's why as I mentioned in episode one you know my mother recognized that even though hers was a physical thing that she was dealing with physical pain physical injury all of that that there were mental and emotional components and her ability as she talked about that pain was her friend. I mean, for someone with a chronic illness that was in constant, intense pain, to be able to say that pain is your friend is just speaks so deeply to all of the mental and emotional work that she did to get to that place to be able to redefine that relationship. And I think that's critical to recognize that that's why it's so important that we look at our thought patterns, our emotions, our beliefs, and how that affects our overall healing. That really that's why all aspects have to be brought into this. Um, and so talk a little bit more, just expand um, kind of those things that you brought in for us about the parallels of this to emotional healing. Well, I think the first thing to uh, emphasize is just like in physical healing where doctors don't do the healing they just optimize the healing environment that this the same thing applies to emotional healing you know there's there's no one else who can heal you uh, regardless of 
of, of who they are, whether it's a therapist, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that people can do to help improve and optimize the healing environment. And they give you the tools, but it's just like it's our divine ability to heal physically, we have that divine ability to heal emotionally. And it requires that correct environment for that wound to be healed. And that's the first thing. Like if we understand that parallel, then being able to recognize the things that can be done for it. And, and the, 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 uh, um, one of the important things is just, as we've talked about, is that, is that pain is kind of your friend uh, in emotional healing. It tells you that something's wrong. And, it, and from an emotional standpoint, if there's pain, which you know, it's much more abstract to talk about pain, what that means from an emotional standpoint, and, and not being a, uh, a psychologist, I don't want to dive too much into that, but, but most of the things that people experience from painful emotions, they tend to be negative emotions. Well, and I think that's important to um, recognize, um, and this is something we need to explore later too, is how to identify pain and what it's telling us. Because from what we've talked about today, pain can have two different messages. It can be that, yeah, that request for change or that it's to pay attention to something needs to be addressed here. And then there's the pain that's just part of healing. That lets us, it's just something that we kind of allow and move through that we don't have to push or try to change. So I think there's those two pieces to recognize that pain can have two different messages. And that's just going to, we're going to be better at recognizing that as we get more aware of it and just pay attention to it. Um, so that there's the pain that we need to change, but pain that's part of the healing process, um, sometimes we might think, oh, I don't want to feel like this, so I need to change something. But we gotta, we, we need to be able to become aware of, nope, this is actually part of the healing. This is okay. I don't need to change this. I need to allow it and let it, let it move through me so that then that can be part of that healing without resisting it, which is going to power it up, or just trying to avoid or distract us, which actually might then hinder the, the overall healing. Yeah, and um, it really is that in both those situations, pain is protective. Mm -hmm. So in the initial injury, pain is protective because it lets you know that there's an, in an injury. And in the healing process, it's protective by stopping you from using, you know, you, you, you break your leg, you're going to stop using the leg while it heals. It forces you into that rest. And there are distinct differences between that and understanding that this pain during the, uh, during the healing process, I mean, when we do surgery on someone, it causes them pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. In one of the sections of that, um, that talk, again, that my mother gave, she said, you know, she'd somehow landed in adulthood um, with, she didn't use the term belief, but it was along those lines, the thought pattern, she said, these, this, this programming, she said, um, that, you know, pain was something you didn't pay attention to, only unless it got really, really loud, and then you went to the doctor when it was unavoidable, that the whole sign of strength is that you just keep powering through, and you keep going, and you ignore it as long as you possibly can, and that's actually so incorrect as far as our overall healing, but it's something that we've, yes, there's a level of strength that we have to get, and sometimes we do need to kind of push through and not give into it, but I think it's critical that we recognize that that is not a sign of strength. That is not, you know, an enlightened perspective or, or someone to just say, I'm going to ignore my pain. It actually is a sign of awareness and awakening and strength to say, 
ooh, I feel something, what's happening? And addressing it there quickly, like she said, can change our trajectory and how long it takes us to heal. And that is profound. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, there's a, a another parallel that we that we have to emotional healing would be that um, understanding that healing is not the absence of pain. Mm-hmm. And I think we get confused with that. That we go through the process and we're like, well, wait a second, I'm hurting. And if we're in the inflammatory phase of healing, physically, we are going to feel pain. And understanding that will help us so that we don't try to distract ourselves mm-hmm. with other things to from from that pain you know there's so many different types of distractors for pain that we have today and so many of those stop us from going through that healing process yeah i think you know that's one of the reasons you know on the rise theme so recovery then introspection then strengthen then enlighten um and we're going to talk so enlighten what we're talking about is that When we get to the other side of this, we've usually learned things, gained insights that we can share. We're stronger because we've taken that time so we can turn around and help others. Um, My mother used to say, you know, you can't give from an empty bucket. You've, You've got to take that time to fill your own. And I think sometimes even positive things, you know, so the negative things are obvious if when we avoid kind of going through the healing process, whether that's substance abuse or, you know, shopping or, you know, other things that maybe, which can all be, you know, I mean, shopping isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's when it's used to distract and avoid something we need to pay attention to and take care of. And even good things like like service, you know, like if if we just keep helping other people without turning inward and taking that time, we're, we're giving from an empty, we can come back and be even more helpful um, if, we're, if we're able to take that time initially to come back before we're jumping into that enlightened phase. And that's critical. You know, it's it's interesting. I wanted to do this whole seminar months ago, and, and I had this physical injury, and I wanted to just jump and try to help people, and I wanted to go to that. And it was so interesting that I had such a profound physical experience with this that, no, I had to stop and go through these stages before I was ready to share this. I had to move through the recovery, as annoying as that was, and as much patience and frustration as it took, it was critical for me to move through that, take that time for introspection and strengthen before I could show up here. And it was just it was just an amazing gift to have that very physical lesson before I came to this space to share it with everyone because that was critical that just to recognize even good things we we just can't circumnavigate these these steps in the process of healing correct like those are things we need to go through for healing to really take place yeah otherwise we end up in a situation to where we're more prone to injury we're more susceptible to injury and um, that's when when things, you know, we just chronically, you know, are, are in pain and, and unnecessary pain, uh, you know. So it, it, it's really quite amazing to see those parallels. Um, you know, I think back to the, the what I shared about, you know, having been bullied. It's such a simple example of, of an emotional pain. And it really kind of was for me uh, in, in grade school. And, well, let's be honest, you know, even up through longer <laughs> into my teenage years, um, that's the thing about where where what I love about what you're doing, Chantel, is that um, if I had not gone through that process, I of healing, then every time that I would have heard someone say something, a bad word or you know call me a name or whatever, I would have been getting repetitive trauma. My life would have been in such a different place, and I know that's like a really simple example, um, but what it also did for me was 
it made me stronger so that I could withstand that verbal abuse was, you know, yeah. very simple form of verbal abuse. But it also allowed me to have compassion for other people. And that's what I love about what you're doing is this whole process of, of starting with recovery and then getting to a point to where you can strengthen and then be able to enlighten and help other people so that they can be able to get to their points of, of true healing, true recovery, and preventing themselves from being susceptible to future trauma and also helping other people who may have been through similar situations. I just, I just really love that about what you're doing. Well, thank you. That's, you know, that is the intent um, is, and it's like my mother said, you know, she, that I introduced in episode one, that she was here because she felt like she had something really worth sharing so that she could maybe help us on our healing journey so that it's not taking us as long, or maybe we can um, ease the pain on the way, or, you know, things like that. And that, that is the intent, is that we can help do that. Um, and that's why we're going to move into that introspection and the, the, how important that is to examine our thoughts, um, process our emotions properly, look at how that's manifesting in our beliefs, which is going to create our reality. Um, and those are all things that are going to be such a critical part of this healing journey and then getting into strengthen. This is where we get to go into that self-care and self-love that's going to be so critical um, for our overall healing. And then we can move to that enlightened stage, as you said. So as we walk away today, I want to end every episode with actionable steps. And we did last time and we'll continue to do so. So for this week, um, as you and I you know, discussed what we were going to talk about today, um, we decided on three actionable steps for all of us to take this week as we um, start to apply what you've shared with us today, Dr. Blake, into our lives. So I'm going to introduce these and feel free to expand upon these as, as I go through them. So step one is to take inventory. So take an inventory of your life and look at what wounds have become chronic that you need to go back and go through the healing process for. Um, so, you know, how, how do we do that? How do we identify some of those wounds that might need to have additional attention? What, is, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's important, is, is, and it's part of what you've talked about, is, is knowing where you start, right? And to know where you start is the most important. So you need to understand those things that have been potentially, that are wounds in your life. The things that you've been distracting yourself from for all of your life that have stopped you from, from your progress. And, and really the way that we start that process and how, do, how we do identify that is, is by looking at the pain points. You know, what's painful in my life? And that is a whole other conversation is how to identify really what is emotional pain and how that manifests. But that's where we start. And it's not like, and so to talk about emotional pain, that's going to be different. It's not the same as, as physical pain. It can show up in, usually, as you said the term earlier, like negative emotions, like anger, jealousy, bitterness. Um, those sometimes are like the trigger to say, hey, something is off here. You know, if that's how I'm responding from those, those negative or lower vibration emotions, that's a pain point as you identified. So step one, again, just take an inventory. And that's what we started with last time. You know, it's one of, it was actually the second step of where are we starting from? What, what are we dealing with right now? Are there places that we can go back and and um, start to apply that healing process to those wounds so that it doesn't um, stay chronic, something that we're continually dealing with? So the second step is change your relationship with pain. So listen to it and address it early rather than ignore it or distract from it. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, we've talked about that a lot today. I think that that's, um, that's pretty... Um 
it, that sums it up really well. Um, you, you can completely change your mindset and your understanding of pain when you understand that pain is a sensation and that it's got a purpose. Perfect. Okay, the last step. Allow yourself the recovery process. Allow yourself that. Create the environment to heal. So allow yourself the rest. Um, allow yourself and create the space to give attention, the necessary attention, and access the resources that you need, whether that's support from friends, therapists, books, um, spiritual leaders, whatever that looks like for you um, and will be best for your healing journey, access that. So again, that third step, allow yourself the recovery process. And just remember that we're going to, all of you know these key recommendations we're going to have in the notes so that you can go back and visit these and, and set these goals to take these actionable steps. Um, before I just wrap this up, is there anything else you, you want to say or add to today, Dr. Blake? No, I just, uh, you know, creating that environment is so key. With all the technology and the research that we've done in medicine, there's not much that we've done to actually speed up the process of healing. But there is numerous ways for us to be able to slow it down. And understanding that, that it's a process that we all have to go through from those things, I think that's critical. And to make sure that we're not, um, that we're aware of the things that could slow or even um, deter our healing in general and, and make sure that we're paying attention to those. And again, like you said, making sure that that environment is optimal for our overall healing. Yeah, and it gives us hope. And I think that's what the, you know, the ultimate message is for something like this is that, um, is that we, we can heal. You know, we've been divinely given that gift both physically and emotionally. It's something that happens uh, not without discomfort or pain, but having that hope that we can get through it is something that I've been able to pass on to patients from a physical standpoint, but also, you know, some of the emotional trauma that I've gone through in my life, um, you know, having that hope that, that, that I can recover from some of that, some, some of those wounds, uh, whether they be self-induced or, you know, put on by someone else, uh, is, is really, really important to understand that, 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 it can get better. We can learn. They can be for a purpose. We can find meaning in all of this. Absolutely. Thank you again, Dr. Blake, for being here and for sharing this with us and giving us um, an understanding from a physical level so we can apply that as we move forward. For those of us dealing with physical um, injuries, but also those emotional and mental ones, and as we talk about how we can connect those over the next little bit, um, I think it's just going to get more and more clear for all of us and be such a valuable piece of information. So thank you. And so I just hope you will join me again as we cover these areas and continue to go into this, this rise theme of recovery, introspection, strengthen, and enlighten. So excited for the next episode where we're going to go into grief um, and talk about from a grief counselor, um, Andrew Saunderson, as he's going to talk about you know, how we recover from that emotional wound of loss and grief as part of that and that process and how we can still have hope and move and move through that as well as part of um, our healing. So I look forward to connecting with you on this journey of healing as we continue to pursue perspective and progression. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. 
For more podcasts and information on events, visit pursuingperspective.org.